You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome back to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're picking up where we left off. Yesterday, we actually reversed the order of these scriptures. We did 1 Peter 5.9. Today, I'm going to do 5.8, New King James Version. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, here the apostle Peter tells us that sober thinking is absolutely essential in our battle to resist the devil. If you're going to resist Satan and his temptations, you have to have sober thinking. This word in Greek is nepho, which means to be free from the influence of intoxicants. Um, And I want to use that slant, that illustration on this for a bit, because uh, I don't know that it's referring specifically to drinking and being intoxicated, although it's entirely possible. But you can be intoxicated with wrong teaching and come under the influence of false teaching and things that are not right. Uh, let's talk about what the effects of that would be and what drunkenness does. Drunk people are given to extremes in mood and in bearing. In other words, uh, you can be extreme in a mood or a way of thinking even without being drunk, but drunkenness certainly lends itself to that. Um, If you're in drunkenness, you're either blissfully unaware of danger or you're paranoid and obsessed with fear. You're in a ditch. Uh, People who are drunk are not level-headed They don't think clearly. They don't make sound decisions. Their judgment is impaired, but it can be impaired in one of two ditches. There is either great fear or great uh, confidence, overconfidence. Um, One of the first things to go when a person becomes drunk is that they lose their balance. And uh, that's why the uh, the highway patrolman will have you walk in a straight line and uh, check your balance because he knows that when you are impaired with alcohol, you can't walk straight or stand straight. Some believers um, think that uh, extreme actions are demanded by God And uh, these are extremes. This is drunken thinking. And I want to show you this from the Gospel of Luke. And this is Satan working to tempt Jesus. And uh, he obviously thought this might work. So let's take a look at Luke chapter 4 and verse 9. Then he, the devil, brought Jesus to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. Now somebody said, how did this happen? Well, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness for the express purpose of being tempted by the devil. And so this may sound extreme, but God permitted Satan to transport Jesus to this place for this temptation. And he said, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. Then he quotes a scripture. He doesn't quote it accurately, but he does use it because Jesus resisted him first with scripture. So seeing that Jesus was going to use the scripture, Satan tried to twist it to bring confusion. He said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you 
and to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, and he said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now, what the devil did here was he tried to get Jesus to do something crazy, do something foolish, do something extreme. The extreme idea of jumping down off the pinnacle of the temple in the view of a lot of people. This would have shown that Jesus was indeed a supernatural being and therefore worthy of respect and worship, but he would have come at it the wrong way. But actually what would have happened, Jesus would have died because he would have been violating one of the laws of God. Uh, He would have been violating, tempting the Lord. And that's how Jesus answered. He quotes Deuteronomy 6.16, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. The full verse is, you shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massa. Now that didn't apply here to this particular temptation, so Jesus didn't use it, but he did use the first part of the verse. So what is tempting the Lord God? Well, the Hebrews, when they were in the journey in the wilderness, tempted the Lord. And uh, basically what they were saying is, are you here? Are you really with us? God, are you with us? And they were tempting God. And now think about this. God has done all of the plagues in Egypt. He did amazing things there to deliver the children of Israel. They had a pillar of fire that led them at night and a cloud by the daytime to shield the sun. God supernaturally parted the Red Sea. He supernaturally gave them water, gave them manna every day. And yet there were people among the Israelites who still doubted by saying, are you really with us? That was tempting God. Is the Lord among us or not? This is something that they said uh, in Massa. Adam Clark, the commentator, said this, You shall not provoke him by entertaining doubts of his mercy, goodness, providence, and truth, and especially so when you've had loads of evidence that he has already demonstrated his goodness for you. So this is what balance is. It is about bringing things back to reasonable behavior. A lot of people think that God is unreasonable. He is not. God is not extreme. He may do things that are out of the ordinary, but they are never unreasonable. Now listen to Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9. A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Proverbs 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Psalm 37, verse 31, the law of his God is in his heart and none of his steps shall slide. So Jesus refused to do the leap off the pinnacle of the temple because he knows it defies any number of scriptures. I've only given you three. And the three teach this, that when God leads us to move, He never leads us in a leap. He always leads us in a step. We take steps with God. Now David saw a radical turnaround on the battlefield when he killed Goliath, but he still went about the whole process by taking steps. He went to the king. Uh, The king had called him. He told the king what he intended to do. He had gathered stones to put into his shepherd's grip. He went out to face the giant. When the giant came at him, he ran toward him. All of these things were steps. 
It was not something that he did in one big movement. He did it in a series of steps. He had slung stones before. He told the king, I killed a lion and a bear. The giant will be no different than them. This was a step, another step in David's journey. So you can see how God leads. He leads us in steps. A drunk person goes to extremes. They do leaps, not steps. And so whenever some mood comes on you or you get pushed and it could be from someone who's religious. It could be some false teacher. It could be some verse you read and misunderstand that pushes you into something extreme. And sometimes people think that in order to please God, I have to do something very extreme. And that's not the case. When God leads us to do something, it makes sense. It is not extreme, and it is a step that you can take. All right, so there is no such thing as a leap of faith. I hope that you will strike that from your vocabulary. Go through the Scriptures, and I want you to look to see, is there a place anywhere in the Scripture that says leap of faith? And I have no fear of being contradicted. You're not going to find it, because it flies in the face of the other teachings and sayings of the Lord. The steps of a righteous man are ordered the Lord. Don't let drunken thinking push you to an extreme. It's one of the ways that the devil works to tempt you, is to push you into something absolutely ridiculous. That's all the time I have for today, but we'll pick up here tomorrow. Hope to see you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below are going to MyFaithRoots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.